Hi, I'm Whitney Lee, founder of Socially PR and Digital Media. And for over a decade, I've been creating and executing marketing and PR plans for businesses all over the U.S. I'm obsessed with helping entrepreneurs bring their big ideas to life and most importantly, boost their bottom line. The Socially Relevant Podcast is a resource to give you clarity, ideas, and inspiration that you can actually apply to marketing your business. So you won't find any overwhelming tech talk here. We're breaking down all the details in a way that's fun and easy to understand, giving you tangible ways to take action. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Socially Relevant. Thanks so much for listening in. We are still getting the wheels turning on the podcast, but I've loved seeing the momentum over the first few episodes. And I've also been working on some ideas. I've been starting to get pitches uh, for people who want to be on the podcast. Uh, So I'm thinking about that and I would love your feedback. Do you like to listen to podcasts that have guests on them or are you more into the solo episode? Uh, For me, I kind of like both. Honestly, there are some podcasts that like if they have a guest on there and the guest is specifically speaking to something I'm interested in, I love listening to, you know, a show with a guest, Uh, but there's also some people that host podcasts that I love hearing their specific insight. So I honestly just listen to the podcast for them. And when they have guests on, it kind of waters it down. And I'm like, no, I'm here to listen to you. Like, I, I mean, the other person's cool too, whatever. But like at the end of the day, like I'm engaging with this podcast because I want to hear from them, the host. Uh, So I would love your two cents. Please shout out um, or send us a DM on Instagram, whatever's convenient for you. Uh, You can do it through the agency, socially PR, uh, or you can send it to me personally at the Whitney Lee. But I'd love to know, like, are you interested in um, hearing some episodes that have guests on them? Uh, Because I've actually had some really legit people reach out and I think they've got good info. Um, So would love to know what you think. Uh, But today we are specifically talking about PR, uh, public relations. Um, And, you know, so many people, uh, okay, I get hundreds of resumes, like especially this time of year, like you're getting close to college graduation. I start getting a ton of resumes of people who are graduating from college looking for their first job or looking for internships. And I always have people fill out like a little form, you know, on our website about their interest in the job and just, you know, several uh, insightful questions that I like for them to answer before submitting their resume. Um, And it's very surprising. It's not surprising to me when I get these answers that say, like, I think it would be so much fun to work in PR, so much fun. Everybody associates PR as like this really fun industry that is so glamorous and you, you know, your job is pretty much to go to parties and make friends and sip martinis, blah, blah, blah. People have no freaking clue what PR actually is. Like it's so amusing to me. Um, while we, I mean, do we have fun on our job? Absolutely. But is it a lot of work? Oh my God, it's an insane amount of work. PR is actually one of the most time-consuming services that we offer for people. So we'll talk more specifically about that. But uh, yeah, it's um, I actually was first exposed to PR um, in my teenage years because I was watching Sex in the City. 
And of course, anybody who's watched that, Samantha from Sex and the City um, had her own PR agency. And of course, she wore all these like really cute, um, trendy, like business suits and colorful stuff. And it just made the industry look so glamorous and sexy. And of course, um, Samantha's personality is already highly sexy. So a lot of people think of PR and they think like of Samantha on Sex and the City. Maybe I just aged myself there. But if you haven't watched Sex in the City, like, are are you living like for real? Like I grew up on that show, which is actually kind of scary because of some of the content on there. But I digress. Samantha from Sex in the City was in PR. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people really think the industry is so glamorous. But I've also noticed a lot of distrust in the PR world. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I, I've seen people that don't always really respect PR people, uh, which I find to be really surprising because our industry is built on trust. Like the whole purpose of PR is, well, not the whole purpose. And we'll talk about this as the episode progresses. But one of the big parts of PR is like building trust with your audience, with your potential client, with your potential customers. So it's kind of interesting to me that people have this like distrust, um, in the, of PR people. Uh, so I actually first noticed this because I watch I watch Shark Tank all the time. I love Shark Tank. It's like, it's kind of my background. Like at nighttime, if I'm like playing on my phone or my computer and just chilling, like I always have Shark Tank going on in the background. Um, anyone out there who's listening, if you're obsessed with Shark Tank, um, screenshot this episode. I want to know which shark you would pick because it's always interesting to me, like who, who would you go for? So I watch Shark Tank a lot. Um, and you know, they always ask the people, you know, like, okay, if I give you the $250,000, what are you going to use the money for? And so many times when the person pitching comes back and they're like, well, I would use the money for PR. A lot of the sharks roll their eyes. Um, and sometimes it's even like a deal breaker for them. They'll say, you know, like, oh, you're no, like, boom. Oh, you're using the money for PR. Never mind. Like, I'm out. They go out. But why? Like, you know, that actually kind of like discouraged me a little bit. They're like, I guess it made me feel like the sharks don't value PR, which I know they do. Um, But also like, you know, last year I was in a mastermind with a guy named Chris Harder, his mastermind. Uh, it was like 25 different businesses from all over the United States, all different industries. Um, and I wasn't really there to like pitch, you know, other people in the mastermind to become clients. I was honestly there for like business and personal growth. Um, but, you know, as I got to know a lot of the other business owners in the group, um, they told me about how much they were burned by PR people in the past. Um, and they spent thousands of thousands of dollars with PR people and PR agencies, and they just felt completely burned. Like they didn't get anything out of it. And they actually used that word burned. Um, and so I don't know, I just like, I kept thinking like, why, like, why do people feel so burned by PR people or by the PR industry? And I think it's honestly the main reason why. And here we go. This is the title of the episode, The Biggest Misconception About PR. Because people don't understand what PR actually is. That's why. You know, they they come into it and everybody has this vision of what they think PR is. 
but they don't really they really don't know what PR is, so they have unclear expectations. So I think that's a, um, a role that both people play. Like the PR person needs to be more realistic and say, like, here's what you can expect kind of thing. Um, but yeah, people don't know what PR is. It's so funny to me. Like people will come to us and be like, oh, you know, I've, I've got something happening. Like, can you do can you do some PR on that? And they don't even know what they're asking me for. Can you do some PR on that? It's just like some random verb that can you just PR that? And I'm like, what, what they don't understand. So before we talk about what PR actually is, I kind of want to talk about what PR is not. So first of all, PR is not marketing. These terms are not interchangeable. PR and marketing get grouped together a lot. Absolutely. Because they do work hand in hand. Here's the difference. So marketing focuses on sales and marketing you're doing strategies and tactics that are related back to your bottom line. You know, so in marketing, every tactic that you do, that you employ, needs to have some sort of outcome, usually a financial related outcome. Okay, so that's marketing. Um, PR is um, a little bit bigger picture. Okay, also marketing and sales are not the same thing. Sometimes people hear like, oh, marketing focuses on the bottom line. So does sales, marketing and sales are the same thing. Um, you know, and sometimes in the past, if I told people that I work, you know, like just in passing, like, oh, do you, what do you do? Oh, I work in marketing. They're like, oh, okay. So you're a salesperson. I'm like, no, actually not even close. Like I'm not a salesperson. So it's so interesting to me that people think PR and marketing is the same thing. And people also think marketing and sales are the same thing. And marketing and sales do work hand in hand big time. But, you know, I, I say, I think of it this way, like marketing people are preparing the strategies and the messaging um, and they bring in the leads for the salespeople to close the deals. Or if people are doing outside sales, marketing people help prepare the messaging and the collateral needed to give to the salesperson to go out and sell. So marketing person is more behind the scenes. Your salespeople are like your frontline people answering the phone or going out and finding people. But yeah, PR is not marketing. Marketing is not sales. Those three things are very, very different. Another thing, and I kind of touched on this, number two, PR is not driven by immediate results or ROI. Many, many times it's a long play. Um, and you'll understand this more when we get into like what PR actually is, but sometimes it's big picture stuff like reputation and you can't always put a dollar price, uh, like a dollar amount on that. Hello, your, your reputation is priceless. Okay. Um, and so sometimes you're not going to see an immediate result, you know, um, if you're doing a campaign to, you know, um, a reputation driven campaign, you're not necessarily going to have someone come into your store and say, I am purchasing this item because I saw your campaign and I thought it was good and it brought me in. Sorry, PR is just not always going to do that for you. Now, it is your PR person's role and their responsibility to explain the value of what they're doing for you. So again, so your expectations aren't off. So PR is not always driven by immediate results or ROI. Sometimes it's a long play. 
Number three, PR is not party planning or event planning. Come on, people. Like, that's a whole industry of its own. People all the time are like, oh, you're in PR. So do you like plan parties and stuff? No. I mean, do I know how to plan a party? Yes. Now, do we work with our clients who are throwing events? All the time. But what we're trying to do is get the word out about the event to make sure the right people hear about the event, that the right people are at the event. We coordinate maybe influencers to promote the event, those types of things. Um, But we are not party planners. We are not determining, you know, the now we I'm sure there are PR people out here that will offer that service as well. But those serve those are two different services. Um, I mean, I have planned events. I've done numerous. We just did one in February for uh, a big pop-up wine dinner um, for the local domestic violence and sexual assault center, Shelter House. So have I planned events? Yes, I've planned a million events in my day. Um, But PR is not party planning. It's not event planning. So those are my two, I mean, my three things. PR is not marketing. Those terms are not interchangeable. PR is not um, going to give you always an immediate ROI. Sometimes you might get like some good, you know, like immediate results, but do not promise that or that is not promised. And number three, we're not party planners. So all that being said, what is PR? Oh, let me take a deep breath, maybe even sip some coffee. Because PR is a lot of different things. I mean, think about it. If you tried to explain to someone like, what reputation and exposure means that I would say if I had to boil down PR to two terms, I would say it means reputation and exposure, reputation and exposure. Um, so first off, we're going to start with like the traditional PR, like what I would, when traditional PR, I think of media relations, reaching out to media people to try to get exposure, right? So that could mean writing a press release when your um, company has a big announcement. Maybe it's a renovation. Maybe you're bringing on a new CEO. Maybe you're offering a new service, something of that nature. That's um, press releases are common for media relations. Um, Or two, under media relations, pitching for editorial coverage, So, for example, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had coffee with um, the publisher of Scarlet Magazine. Steve and I have been friends for a long time, Um, you know, worked on a lot of different projects together. He's done, you know, some amazing stories in his magazine for our clients. Um, But honestly, just connecting with him to say, oh, okay, so your next issue is the wedding issue. And then immediately in my brain, I start thinking to myself, like, which clients do I have that would fit into that? Maybe they are, okay, some of our resorts, they offer weddings. Hmm, that could be an opportunity, you know, or some of these, you know, maybe we have a salon and spa. Oh, perfect. They cater to bridal parties and things of that nature. Um, So, uh, you know, that knowing what these media people are writing stories on, so that we can pitch them and come to them with an idea and say, hey, um, oh, the next you know issue is the wedding issue. Uh, well, one of our clients just um, completely redid their entire wedding lawn. It is beautiful. Um, it's a brand new wedding venue. You know, would you be interested in doing a story on it? You know, it's our job to kind of fit those puzzle pieces together. 
Um, so tr- with traditional media, you know, like pitching, you think of like news people, you think of <clears throat> maybe radio, you know, radio is changing so much. Gosh, we should probably do a whole episode on that. Radio is changing. Um, but traditional media, you think of magazines, newspapers, those kind of things, but pitching can also be, um, maybe pitching your client to be a speaker. You know, we represent a functional medicine practice, maybe pitching, um, the doctor to be a speaker at a big functional medicine event. I don't know. Or pitching someone to be on a podcast, you know, uh, we've been doing a, a podcast tour recently for uh, Lady Changemakers. If you haven't heard of Lady Changemakers, um, ladies, listen up. Uh, it's a really cool way to support women-owned businesses. So um, the girl Jess Bargainquas that founded it uh, is like a total SEO expert. Um, also, she knows a ton about Pinterest. She's got over 15 years of uh, advertising and marketing experience. So she built this whole platform that's basically like an Amazon, but for women-owned businesses. So it's like a hub where if you want to support women-owned business, you just go on the site. It's free to you as a user. And you can shop through, I mean, everything. There's jewelry, there's boutiques, there's attorneys, there's um, coaches, there's so many different businesses on there. But um, prime example. So we have been pitching her to get on podcasts that reach more women, right? Because it helps get her message out and more people are aware of her platform. So that's kind of underneath pitching. That's the second part of uh, m- media relations. Uh, number three, under media relations, like your uh, PR people are the point of contact for your media. So they're answering questions. They're also helping formulate responses. Um, let's say you have um, a crisis happen, you know, or uh, someone gets hurt on your property or whatever the case may be. And the media calls you looking for a response. You're the person they know. Um, it's your job to get with the CEO and to get with um, maybe the attorney uh, for the property and say, OK, you know, what's the statement that we can make here uh, to the local media and you got to work really quickly. So that falls underneath media relations and also just building connections with media people, um, whether that's in your area or within your niche of your clients. So if you represent all tri- uh, travel clients, um, you should totally get hooked up with like departures, the magazine, go, you know, connect with some of their writers or connect with freelance writers that write for different travel publications. Um, just like I said, this is a great example. Steve with Starlet, Scarlet Magazine, his um, magazine reaches all of Northwest Florida, and we have a lot of clients in that area. So him and I stay connected on how I can help him and and then how he can help, you know, share stories of our clients that are beneficial for his readers. So all of that falls underneath media relations. That's just one segment of PR, press releases, pitching, being the point of contact for the media, building connections with media people, all that's under media relations. Okay, so number two, the repu- reputation management is also a big aspect of PR. Um, so, uh, you know, we just kind of talked about a crisis, but this also goes underneath crisis management. Uh, you're trying to manage your reputation, right? Um, let's say um, one of your employees is caught stealing or one of your employees um, gosh, you've seen like these people who work in the nursing homes and over COVID, like, um, these people were, you know, denying people of their oxygen and like all this crazy stuff. So what happens when you're the PR person 
your employees are doing things like this to your patients, what is your company's response and message? So that kind of falls underneath media relations because media people could call on you for that, but also just in general, like what happens when that breaks out all over the internet that your staff members are mistreating your patients? Uh, I mean, that's just one example, but reputation management is like a whole thing and talk about intangible, like that can be you know, basically managing your reputation, I say we're almost like image consultants, you know, like we want to make sure that people view us the way we want to be viewed. I say we as in our clients. So if your steakhouse wants to be, you know, viewed as the most upscale fine dining experience, we are ensuring that everything from the way the the staff interacts with the guests to the messaging you put out on social media, that everything we're doing aligns with that type of reputation. Talk about a big job, you know? Um, So along with that is like monitoring everything, monitoring the reviews that come in, monitoring social media platforms. I mean, that also kind of falls under your social team, but again, PR and social like totally go hand in hand. Um, but monitoring everything that's out there about your brand. Um, you know, maybe you're seeing something that is like a, a consistent response from people on social media about your uh, company, whether it's maybe the quality of the product or something like that. And you're seeing the same comments over and over again. Hello, that's reputation management. You need to take that back to your operations team and say, hey, look, y'all, everybody's saying that you know, these bracelets that we're producing are, you know, cheap and they're breaking, you know, how do we handle that? Um, So it's your job to be monitoring the pulse of everything that's out there. I say your job, if you want to be in PR, that's going to be your job. So that's your job to our, our job to monitor everything that's out there about a company. Um, And then also not just like reputation management, like figuring things out as they hit us, but proactive reputation building. You know, this isn't really management. This is building your reputation. Um, So don't just wait around and like, oh, there's a crisis. We need to manage this. But what are your company's values? You know, do you want to be seen as um, a company that supports green efforts, you know, to save the earth? So what are you doing about that? Are you printing, you know, you're not printing paper menus anymore or gosh, I mean, this could apply to any industry, but what are you proactively doing to show people your true colors? Because people are totally watching. So that falls underneath the second section. We have media, media relations, one reputation management, two, um, number three underneath what is PR, um, is exposure. So, um, you know, beyond the media exposure, what other ways can you get your client out there? This is where you got to be really freaking creative. Okay. So maybe it's creating a social media campaign. I love using this one as an example, the ice bucket challenge. Hello, that like went crazy, crazy viral. So not only did that raise money for them, hey, that's actually nice. You know, like that's a tangible ROI right there. But more than anything, it brought so much awareness. You know, for a lot of people, they may have not even known what ALS was, but I bet you... I actually, I saw a stat after that campaign, the amount of people that were Googling, like, what is ALS? What is Lou Gehrig's disease? Freaking skyrocketed. 
just because they saw all these people dumping buckets of ice on their head, you know, like what a genius campaign. So that, that those types of ideas are started within your PR and even social media team. You guys, I mean, they, they, again, there's a lot of crossover hand in hand there. Um, but what cool creative ideas can you get out there to bring more awareness to your mission, to your business, to your, your foundation, to whatever the case may be. I mean, talk about a genius idea with the ice bucket challenge and sometimes they hit and sometimes they flop. Uh, but that one was definitely a hitter. Um, under also underneath exposure. Um, you know, I see this all the time, like celebrities making fake relationships. I definitely think this is a thing. Um, in fact, I'm such a PR person that I'm so skeptical when I hear about celebrities dating. I'm like, oh, please. They don't even like each other. They probably have never even met in real life. But oh, my God, the news is hitting that, you know, they um, uh, that so and so is dating now, you know, and all of a sudden they're, you know, the the talk of E! News, they're the talk of TMZ you know, so it's exposure. Um, I, I swear to God, that is a real thing. Like PR people that represent, you know, person A get with person B's PR people. And they're like, okay, let's make our clients date. And then they'll have a really dramatic breakup. And then it'll, it'll be all over the news. That is a real thing. Okay. Um, and also, I don't know for anybody who saw, um, the Oscars this week, and I don't know if this is real or whatever. So, Take this with a grain of salt, okay? Um, but some people were saying that, okay, so you saw the whole moment where Chris Rock made a joke about um, Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia, which is why she doesn't have hair right now. Um, and Will Smith got up and slapped, hit whatever he did to Chris Rock on the stage. Well, the very next day, Pfizer announces that they have a all new drug that helps cure alopecia because previously alopecia was not really, I mean, it's kind of treatable, but there's no cure for it apparently. And forgive me, I'm not a, um, I'm not an expert on alopecia. Um, but then the, now there's all these people saying that Pfizer actually created that moment. They created that whole scenario and that it was all fake. They got Chris Rock to tell the joke. They got Will Smith to come up and hit him and just to bring more awareness to alopecia. And same thing, the next day they released this big announcement about the alopecia drug and all these people are Googling alopecia and all over the news. So you be the judge. I don't know if that was a PR stunt, um, but holy cow, like it really makes you look at what you see in the media a different way. Cause you're, you know, most everybody's just like, oh my God, he got mad and he hit him. But then when you're like, oh my God, was this planned? Was this a PR stunt? I digress. But you know, again, like there, people are looking for organic ways to get exposure for their business, for their drug, for whatever the case may be. Um, without just trying to hit people over the head of like, buy this, sell this. They want to get their business or their product out in the public eye. And so they use scenarios like that to help it come to the forefront. So again, I have no idea if that was planned or not, but who knows? I'm skeptical. I'm so skeptical because I work in this industry. So 
Um, and then also under exposure, like, um, you know, maybe you need to get more people in your store. So you host an event, you host a trunk show, um, you have, um, you know, for one of our clients in Scottsdale last week, they brought in, it was a, a spa and salon, uh, for their anniversary event, they brought in, um, a palm reader, like something really fun, um, to draw people in. And then of course people got services and everything. So what a cool way to get exposure, um, which leads me to the next part of PR number four is partnerships finding. Okay. So first off finding brands or other businesses that align and create offerings together. Okay. The, the Scottsdale example just now pampered soul. If you're in Scottsdale, my favorite nail place ever. It's so chic. Um, every time I'm out there, they do my toes for me. Um, but what a great partnership, you know, they brought in the um, palm reader, or sorry, I'm th- I think she was a psychic. They brought in the psychic, and the psychic promoted it through her channels. And then Pampered Soul, we helped them promote it through their channels. And so it's like across, you know, some people heard about it from the psychic, and they came in, and maybe they're brand new, and now they they are exposed to Pampered Soul. Love it. And then vice versa, you know, maybe they heard from it on Pampered Soul, and they came in, and they met the psychic, and they built a relationship with her. So partnerships are so freaking valuable. All you got to do is I make it sound so easy, but just find someone who reaches the same people that you do, like the same audience. They're looking for women between this and this age, la la la, and partner together. See what you can do to cross promote and, and, you know, help each other feeding off each other's um, contacts. Of course, underneath partnerships, influencers, are a huge part of PR. Um, and I won't go too deep into this because we literally just did an episode. Um, the last episode was about influencers. So, um, definitely go back, listen to that influencer podcast that we just recently did, uh, cause it'll be so, so valuable for you. Um, and I've got a little plug at the end too, if you're thinking about influencers. So, um, and then also underneath, uh, partnerships, same thing, sponsoring an event or a podcast. Maybe there's, co- you know, maybe so our coffee client, Smart Sips, like looking at some of the podcasts that they talk about coffee on, or the girls always are loving coffee or drinking coffee while they're doing it. How do you go to that podcast host and say, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. I know you're obsessed with coffee. Meet Smart Sips. This is my client. Could we, you know, provide this and this and this, or how much do we pay you in exchange for a partnership? We provide coffee for you, blah, blah, blah. You talk about it on the show. Boom. Great partnership right there. Or even supporting a cause, you know, again, that helps with uh, reputation management as well, but uh, building a partnership with a cause that you feel passionately about, you know, Um, one time there was a salon that did, um, they wanted to build more awareness for the domestic violence center and purple is the color for domestic violence. I may have even talked about this on one of the past episodes, but they, for like the whole month of October, um, which is domestic violence awareness month, they put purple streaks in people's hair for free. Um, and you just made a donation to the domestic violence center and it popped off. And so then all of a sudden, all these people around town had purple streaks in their hair. And so people were like, what is this purple streak? Like, why does everyone have purple in their hair? And it became like a talking point. And so then people were like, oh, well, it's in support of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And people were like, oh, that's in October? Oh, oh, what? And then it was great exposure for the salon because people jumped on and said, hey, I want a purple streak in my hair. 
So uh, that's an amazing partnership. Great awareness for the charity, driving people into your salon. Maybe they've never been in there and they create a relationship with a stylist and they keep coming back. Those types of partnerships, it just takes creativity and outreach. Um, And sometimes PR opportunities may cost you money. I mean, it's not all going to be free. Some of it is pay to play. But I I always remember this quote. Um, I had this teacher in grad school at Florida State. And he always said that ads are what you pay for. PR is what you pray for. So ads, I mean, you control the message. You pay the money to the magazine or the newspaper or whoever you're advertising with. You control the message and you're paying for it. But PR is so intangible. Like PR moment is what you pray for. Like the ice bucket challenge, like the purple streak in the hair, like like your PR campaign popping off like that, that that's priceless. That's what you pray for. So I also want to put this on, you know, PR people too. So it's not just businesses out there that misunderstand PR. I do think that's one side of it, but I'm also now speaking to all the PR people out there. Um, I think the reason why we, you know, sometimes people feel burned by PR professionals is because PR professionals, there are some out there that are promising people results and you can't promise that. It's all about ideas and outreach. It's like positioning things and relationships and a whole lot of follow up, you know? So sometimes, you know, if a PR person is coming to you saying, oh, I can guarantee I'm going to get you a a feature on this, a blah, blah, blah on this, a huge social media campaign. If they are promising you results, that is a massive red flag. Okay. Um, And I'm not going to tell you that like PR is a super hard industry, It's all about relationships and it's all about being creative, you know? So if you have the creative brain and and you, you know, you've got the right way to position it, to make it sound attractive and to the point to somebody, like you really understand how to pitch people. um, You just, all you really need is the time and dedication to follow up, follow up, follow up. You know, a lot of my clients are able to make PR things happen for them, but they just don't have the time. You know, and that's what a lot of people pay us for is our time and efforts of like hundreds of outreach and emailing people and contacting them again and following up of, oh, did you want the, did you want to do this feature? Did you want to have Jess on your podcast? Did you want to have blah, blah, blah? It's just a lot of time and follow up. So just remember that if a PR person is promising you results, red flag, and you can tell them that I said that. Um, I hope this has been super helpful for you, really understanding what PR is, what it isn't. Um, Hopefully you have a better understanding now, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. So also, I know we talked a little bit about influencers for a moment and in our last episode, Um, and we've got a free download for you. So if you're interested in working with influencers, I definitely would go download this first. It's our five free tips to help identify influencers that will actually make you money. Because I know that's important. You know, some of these influencers are all over the map. They're asking for stuff and stuff, and then they're they're posting, but nothing's happening. So we have five tips that'll help you pick influencers that will actually move the needle for you. So we're going to drop the link in the show notes. Um, you can also download it on our website, which is bsocially.com. So it's B as in boy, E as in egg, social, L-E-E. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next week. 
Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you thought the info was beneficial, it would mean so much if you take a quick second to write us a review and share it on social media. If you have a question about a topic or a specific industry you want to learn more about, reach out to us on Socialies, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also find me personally, The Whitney Lee on Instagram. We are excited to connect with you and help you make your business more socially relevant. Thank <laughs> you.